Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and this week I want to talk to you about a controversial compound. And that compound is nicotine. Now, before I even get anywhere close to talking about this, I just want to put this out there. I am not saying go smoke cigarettes. Smoking is definitively bad for your health. Okay, time and time again, this has been shown. We all know it. Smoking is bad for you. I am not saying go smoke. I'm talking about nicotine, okay? And what I want to specifically talk about today was a research study that came across my desk from an intern of mine. And I was reading through it and I thought it was super fascinating. And I just felt that I really needed to share it with you guys. So here I am just turning on the mic real quick and I want to go over it with you. Before I do hop into that, if you can, please leave me a rating and review. I want to know what you're thinking about all these episodes that I've been giving you. And it just lets me know what you guys want to hear next. If you can, also please do subscribe. It helps me out a whole lot, and I want you to be the first to know when I have more stuff coming on out for you. Now, with that out of the way, let's talk about this research study, which is, let me tell you, hot off the presses. Okay, the study was just released 2021. The main researcher's name was Hung, H-U-N-G. Let's get into it. So a little background about nicotine and tobacco. Athletes have been using tobacco for a long time. Think baseball players, they're notorious for their tobacco chew, right? A lot of athletes have been using this compound, whether it's cultural or because they think it actually improves their performance, this has been going on for a long time. On the flip side, long-term use of tobacco and smoking definitively is associated with reductions in things like pulmonary function, so your lungs, and a reduction in performance. So not wise to <laughs> chronically engage in these forms of, uh, in these kind of substances. But the interesting thing is that tobacco and smoking is not banned by the anti-doping agency. And it's been recommended to athletes in the past for its supposed performance enhancing effects. And it's a little bit of a secret of mine that nootropic substances, things that boost your brain, are essentially unregulated. And when I work with athletes, I am frequently looking to boost their brain performance. The brain controls the body and it controls every action that your body takes. I honestly, truly, truly do not understand why people don't understand that. So many people are stuck in the dark ages thinking that the mind is different from the body, that there's this mind-body split going on. You know, they'll ban things like steroids, but they don't ban brain boosters. Long story short, this is completely within the rules to do uh, to use substances that can boost your brain performance, but no one does it. I don't know why, but it's helped me out because <laughs> I've used it to great success with a lot of my athletes. Anyway, getting back to talking about nicotine and the, the background of that, nicotine is one of the most widely used psychoactive compounds in the world. Probably the only one used more than nicotine is caffeine, which we've talked about in the past. But nicotine is very well researched. 
simply because so many people smoke. And we've noticed a lot of side effects of smoking. And in more recent years, this has turned us on to the potential brain enhancing effects of nicotine. We know that nicotine activates the sympathetic nervous system. This is our fight or flight response. This is not the same thing as our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and relax or rest and digest, some people say. So nicotine activates the sympathetic nervous system. This activates the hormonal profile associated with our fight or flight response. It increases our blood pressure and it readily crosses the blood brain barrier. Okay. This is a huge prerequisite for anything to enhance brain performance. We've seen nicotine and smoking enhance cognition in people with impairments, things like ADHD, schizophrenia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Uh, that was one of the initial observations was that people in psych wards with schizophrenia, they were all smoking for some reason. People started to put two and two together and realized, oh, this is actually helping them. This is helping them treat their, their own condition by smoking. We also have data showing that nicotine enhances fine motor ability, enhances things like reaction speed and accuracy, um, short-term memory, working memory, okay? And we have all this data in both smokers and non-smokers, which is interesting. We have data showing nicotine boost focus. We have uh, data showing nicotine boost attention. We have data showing it increases muscle contraction force and delays fatigue. And so we have all this previous data, which is, I mean, it, it's quite compelling when you, when you look at the weight of all the evidence, right? So what this current research study, what these researchers wanted to do, though, is they wanted to see if the smallest dose available, right? There is a risk of nicotine addiction and all of these things. And we don't want our athletes and we don't want ourselves to become addicted to nicotine. So they wanted to use the smallest dose available, which is two milligrams of nicotine in the gum. And they wanted to see how it would relate to performance in archery. Okay. And archery requires very fine motor skills. It requires a lot of attention and it requires a lot of upper body endurance and strength. So that's what they wanted to investigate. They wanted to see the smallest dose, and they actually wanted to look at very high-level athletes. So let me walk you through kind of uh, a little bit more of the methodology. Each of these participants in this research study was competing at the national level, okay, very elite-level athletes. And I want to quickly say that at the elite level, supplements tend to work less. And the reason, when you think about it, kind of makes sense. When there's less room for growth, it's harder to grow, <laughs> right? So when you're, when you're looking at a pool of elite-level athletes, these people are already at the top for one reason or another. Because they're already at the top, supplements tend to work less, and different kind of strategies, tips and tricks that might work for general population, don't work so well. In this study, they had this pool of elite-level archers who were competing at the national level. What they did was they had them come into the lab, and then they were randomized to be either given placebo or nicotine gum. And the, the placebo was a flavor-matched gum, so they couldn't tell the difference between the placebo or the nicotine gum. They had them come in, they had them do placebo or the nicotine, and then 
they did a cognitive test to see how their brains were doing, and then they did a simulated archery game. And if they were initially assigned to the nicotine group, then what they did was they came back on a different day and were given the placebo. What they did was they compared their own performance with placebo to their own performance with nicotine. So we call this a crossover trial. So everybody was given a chance to do these tests under placebo conditions, and everyone was given a chance to do these tests under nicotine conditions. Now, for the cognitive tests, uh, the two that they used were, were kind of fun, fun little uh, brain games. <laughs> uh, the first one was they present you with just this random symbol. So you have in front of you a random symbol, and then above that are, it's like four or five other random symbols. And in the set of four or five other random symbols, one of them may be your symbol, or none of them may be your symbol. And so what you have to do is you have to see, you have to press a button as quickly as possible saying, yes, my symbol matches one of the ones up there, or no, my symbol does not match any of the ones up there. Okay, so that was one of the cognitive tests. The other one was a pegboard. Basically, you're given one hand, <laughs> there's all these holes, and you're given a bowl of pegs. The pegs don't fit nicely into these holes. You kind of have to twist them around until it's the right orientation. You got to put these pegs in these holes. You have to go in a specific order. So there's like 25 pegs, peg holes, and you have to put them in in the right order. And it's basically like you're reading a book. You go um, from top to bottom and left to right. And they tell you to go as fast as you can. So those are the two tests. The first one with the symbols, that one is a good validated test for attention and concentration because you have to like match so you have to be able to focus on your symbol compared to those you have to really focus the pegboard uh, test is a good measure for manual dexterity so like how good you are with your hands speed of processing okay because you have to you're, you're told to do this as quickly as you can as well as hand-eye coordination because let me tell you this these peg holes are very small and the pegs are pretty small too and so it's like you have to have this really fine motor control to do it. it it's kind of fun um, if you ever get the chance to do it. Um, I love doing these little brain games. <laughs> okay, so those are the, the cognitive tests. And then they did the archery test. So they did two simulated games. And how it works with archery, um, with these rules, they got a chance to fire 72 arrows, 36 arrows per game. Okay, so 36 times two games is 72 total arrows. Each arrow is worth up to 10 points. So if there's 36 arrows per game and each arrow is worth up to 10 points, that means there is a potential max score of 360 points in a single game. Got it? Okay. <laughs> so now let's review the predictions. If nicotine acts in a way that is consistent with previous literature, we would expect to see an improvement in the cognitive performance, and we would speculate that performance would also be enhanced in the archery. However, no study has looked at that before, so we don't actually know, but that's what we would speculate. This population, again, is highly advanced, very elite-level athletes, and they were using the smallest dose possible of nicotine. And we have previous data showing that higher doses tend to have a bigger effect. So it's very possible that there would be a null effect. 
Um, and this is what I personally expected when I finished reading the the methods and the population, because I know that elite level athletes tend to be a little bit of non-responders to supplements. And when you pair that with the fact that they're using the lowest dose available, I thought it would be a null effect. That was my personal prediction. And then of course, the other prediction is if you believe that nicotine, you know, is the worst thing ever, then you would expect uh, there to be a performance decrease in all of the metrics looked at. So those are our predictions. Here's what actually happened. Concentration, again, this is the, the, the symbol game. Concentration through the cognitive test was significantly improved. They shaved off a little over 10% of the times to hit the, you know, the, the right key. And then the pegboard challenge, they got a lot faster in as well. Okay, so they went from being able to complete that in 53 seconds to being able to complete it in 48 seconds. So five second difference is quite quite big. That's a pretty big improvement there. Um, so together, you know, both of these tests, we, sh we showed or they showed that the nicotine group had better cognitive performance. But here's where it gets a little bit interesting because cognitive tests are one thing, but at the end of the day, who really cares, right? A cognitive test is just a test of your cognitive ability. What we really care about is can you get actual results in real life in metrics that we care about right so how did they do in archery that's what we really care about that's what those athletes really cared about the nicotine group averaged 298 points and the placebo group averaged 290 points so there was an eight point increase in the nicotine group which was statistically significant that right there is awesome by the way <laughs> um, if you if you told archers that they could boost their score for free by eight points i think they would all jump on that in you know just like that so to to kind of discuss this a little bit more um, this is the first study to use elite level archery and compare performance with them with a very small dose of nicotine okay no other study is that i came across is using this high level athletes in this particular sport in a sport that is arguably a little bit more on the mental side than it is on the physical side but we did see that the results here for the cognitive tests were consistent with previous literature all right nicotine has been shown to boost cognitive performance even in other athletes like baseball players now there's still a lot of questions left to be answered after reading this study though like would we have seen even greater performance improvements with higher doses? And what happens if you are chronically using this gum every single day, right? Does that lead to a tolerance effect where you have to start creeping up your doses just because your body gets used to it? So we don't know those things, right? Because of those unknowns, we need to, again, restate some caution here. The higher the dose, the more likely addiction is to occur. Okay. And tobacco kills over 8 million people each year. It is no joke. It is very serious. You have to be aware of the potential risks involved. That being said, people who are never smokers, okay, people who have never smoked, um, who use nicotine gum, they very rarely get addicted. All right. We have research showing that those kind of people 
typically do not get addicted. And those who do tended to use much higher doses. And on a practical note, I think because such a low dose did work with these high-level athletes, I think that means that there's an even higher chance that it would work with people like me and you who are just looking to enhance our brain performance. So if any of these metrics are something that you care about, you know, hand-eye coordination, processing speed, manual dexterity, or concentration and focus, those kind of things, if that's something you're looking after, this might be something worth considering. All right, so let me wrap this up. I hope you enjoyed this research study. I thought it was fascinating. I, I had to come here and talk about it just because it, it was it's so brand new and it's it, it's a topic that I really thought might uh, intrigue you guys. Um, I have a little fun side note for you. I have recommended nicotine gum and patches to very select people in the past. In addition to that, I was actually in the process of designing a nootropic with nicotine in it. But everybody around me was just telling me it was stupid because of the stigma. And I ended up having to shelve that product, which was unfortunate. Now I kind of have one more one more research study behind me that says, hey, actually, maybe there's some truth behind it. But anyway, that's going to stay shelved for a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Nicotine itself is a very interesting compound to me. And I am more than happy to discuss it in greater detail if you guys want. I just don't want to get flamed <laughs> for talking about something that is, you know, just so stigmatized. Um, I, I think a lot of that stigma comes from people just being ignorant and being unaware of what nicotine actually does. And they associate the nicotine with the tobacco products and not necessarily with the actual compound itself. Anyway, uh, let me know what you guys thought this week. If you want to, my email is caseythomasrd at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. Seriously, I read everything you write. And if you can, please do leave me a rating and review and please subscribe. It really does help me out a whole bunch. And if you've enjoyed anything in this podcast, uh, please consider sharing it with a friend. My goal has always been just to cut through the BS and bring as much evidence-based nutrition information to you guys and to the general public as possible. So if you could share, I would really appreciate it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.